Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Morning, afternoon, wherever you're listening to the Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Boy, do we have a fantastic show for you tonight. And of course, some craft beer guests that will be joining me this hour. Usual news and notes to get to, and I'll tell you how to follow me in just a second. But boy, I'll tell you. The band live, back together again. Eddie Kowalchuk back as the lead singer of the band live, doing a cover of Audio Slaves' I Am The Highway. And uh, we open up the show with that uh, today because of the fact of the death of Chris Cornell last week. Happened too late for us uh, to get it in there in last week's show. We were on the road at the Cloverleaf Tavern, uh, which we had taped the uh, the previous Tuesday. So uh, Chris had passed away, I believe it was um, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning of last week. And um, huge fan of Chris Cornell, huge fan of Audio Slave, huge fan of Soundgarden. We'll sprinkle during the show uh, some covers from some bands who did tremendous tributes uh, to Chris Cornell uh, Audio Slave as well as Soundgarden. We will play a little Stone Sour and some other bands as well uh, in there paying tribute uh, to the late Chris Cornell, who apparently had committed suicide uh, in his hotel room uh, in Detroit right after Soundgarden had finished a set um, uh, last Thursday night. Uh, not this past Thursday, but the, a week uh, a week previous. Just uh, what a terrible, uh, terrible uh, thing. And I hate to open up the uh, the show with bad news, uh, but you know, listen, we're you know we're a beer show. We talk about craft beer. But music is very much uh, a part of this program. It kind of influences a lot of the things uh, that I like to do. And for people that listen to me or know me on the Joe Piscopo Show, I'm a rock guy. I'm a blues guy. Uh, there are other forms of music that I listen to. I love Sinatra, uh, love the classics, love uh, a lot of different forms of music. But heavy metal is really at my heart of of where music is. And, uh, you know, Audio Slave, not, not so much Audio Slave, but Soundgarden came out at the beginning of that grunge era when Rock was kind of shifting a little bit, and um, they were just a tremendous band, Soundgarden. And then Chris, of course, went on to solo work. Then he went on to form uh, Audio Slave, um, and then, of course, uh, you know, went back to his solo work. And just just a tremendous artist, and uh, he will certainly uh, be missed. But uh, how can you follow me on the, the program? It's very easy. Al Gatulo uh, on Twitter. Instagram at Gatulo, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at albertgnnycradio.com. Now, our guest tonight on this Memorial Day weekend program, Dave Goldman, the brewmaster and co owner of a new brew pub opening in Philadelphia on June 1st. It's called Urban Village Brewing. We'll talk to Dave about this new joint located not too far from Penn's Landing in just about, I'd say, about eight or nine minutes from now. At the bottom of the hour, Chris Hart, the co-author of Pitmaster, will join me to discuss all things barbecue, as I am sure some of you are getting ready to grill or have already been grilling this weekend, smoke some meats during this Memorial Day weekend. Just remember, though, what Memorial Day is about. 
It's not just about barbecue. It's about honoring those members of the military who died during active service for this great nation of ours. And I salute all of you. Thank you very much. Uh, some news and notes to get to here, and then we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with Dave Goldman, uh, the brewmaster over at Urban Village Brewing. Um, just wanted to give a special thank you, uh, and we'll get into this more in the Suds and Duds segment uh, of the program, in the uh, final uh, segment of the program. The Beer 3 Beer Bacon Barbecue Showdown was last weekend over in Morristown, and it was a tremendous time. Got an opportunity to judge uh, beer and barbecue and baking dishes. It was phenomenal. We'll get to the winners later on as well. But a big thank you to Allison Thompson, who puts the event on. Thank you for having me as a judge. Thank you for inviting me. I am so glad that I went. Honored to be there. Honored to taste so many different beers from uh, all these New Jersey breweries. The food was amazing. It was just a, just an unbelievable event. Great day in Morristown uh, at uh, Dometo Park uh, in Morristown. Just a uh, little... Uh, Lewis Dope Meadow Park, I think it is, uh, in Morristown. Just a great time. Got to meet Deborah Smith. Uh, she is the editor, uh, executive editor and owner of JerseyBites.com. Uh, Chef Christopher Massey, thank you. Uh, he was he was wonderful. Uh, Peter Koulios, uh, the editor of Beer Bites. That's a monthly feature about breweries, uh, bars, and good beer in the Garden State. He also writes for Asbury Park Press. And my good buddy Mike DeSimone was also one of the judges at this event. He's going to be running uh, the new barcade that's opening up in Newark. Uh, come the summer, and I can't wait to get over there. Uh, not only to, uh, I've never been to a barcade restaurant, but can't wait to go there, hang out, have some great food, drink some great beer, and play some great video games as well. And maybe, just maybe, the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast will go on the road over at Barcade uh, in Newark, New Jersey. But let's get into some other news and notes as well. Uh, again, Allison, thank you. Rick, uh, her husband, what a great time I had. Thank you so much uh, for having me there. But let's get into some news and notes. We'll get into the uh, the beer and the barbecue and the bacon uh, in, the, in the final segment. And, boy, I'll tell you, the, the, the guy that won, I guess it was for the best use of bacon. I have to double-check that. Um, was, oh, oh, I just, <sighs> that, that about sums it up right there. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit later on. Anyway, news and notes to get to. The brewery, uh, in uh, a, which is a popular Southern California craft brewery, Castanea Partners, has purchased a majority stake in the brewery. They specialize in creating a lot of experimental sour and barrel-aged beer offerings. They've sold the majority stake uh, to this Boston-area private equity firm, Castanea Partners. Uh, this coming from the, the website Brewbaum. Specific uh, financial terms were not disclosed. The deal is expected to close uh, by the end of this month. Uh, in a conversation with Brewbound, the brewery founder, Patrick Rue, uh, who launched the business in 2008 with his father, Mike Rue, said the pair would retain a substantial amount of equity. Patrick Rue will also continue to serve as the company's CEO. Now, uh, the brewery is distributed in 29 states. Um, the brewery would brew and package about 15,000 barrels of beer in 2017. Roughly 13,000 barrels of that will be sold. The remaining 2,000 barrels uh, will be left to age for several months in bottles and kegs. Uh, I'm planning on uh, taking a trip out to San Diego at the end of the year. A very interesting to go over to the brewery and check these guys out and check out their beers. So uh, that's some uh, some interesting news there. Now, in a broader scope here in terms of news, regional brewers have been hit hardest by this, this craft beer slowdown. We've been talking about this over the last several weeks. Uh, and, and really, for the last six months or so, we've been talking about on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer about this slowdown in craft beer. 
And as the Brewers Association has come out, production at 25 of the top 50 Brewers Association defined craft breweries did not have any growth last year. That was according to new data that was released a few days ago by the trade organization. Now, this was published in the latest issue of the New Brewer. The data also shows that volume sales for 60 of the 168 BA-defined regional craft brewing companies, that's about 35%, uh, those producing between 15,000 and 6 million barrels of beer annually either declined or remained flat in 2016. Uh, Chief economist Bart Watson had talked with Brewbound. He says the softer performances uh, to a variety of factors, including distribution and retail challenges, as well as increasing competition from large brewing conglomerates and small upstarts alike. You all know the large brewing conglomerates. We're talking Miller Coors. We're talking AB InBev. Um, and smaller breweries that are kind of picking up steam a little bit here that are becoming part of those mid-level breweries. And um, Watson says in an industry that is uh, so diverse, uh, with a diverse range of businesses, both in terms of size and structure, it's it's really hard to find a single point as to why uh, these things have happened. He said... Uh, although one major headwind, he said, for regional brewers was in the off-premise retail channel where limited shelf space leaves buyers gravitating towards two types of purchasing strategies. Watson says retailers are trying to get the smallest local brewers on shelves, and Anheuser-Busch is really paying attention to the space. So uh, if you want to think of it in terms locally, um, beers like Carton and Kane in New Jersey, finding shelf space, beers like Single Cut, Other Half in New York, trying to find shelf space, and a lot of places are stocking those beers and other small brewers as well because that's what people want. They want fresh local beer. They're putting them in there. Now, AB InBev is seeing this, and I think that's part of the reason why they are acquiring a lot of these mid-level breweries um, to try and, you know, hey, yeah, it's the same Elysian. It's the same Blue Point. It's the same this, which is true. I'm not taking anything away from AB InBev, and I'm not taking anything away from those brewers as well. And I've said this before on the show, and I'll stand by it. The beers that are made by Elysian and by Blue Point are still the same beers. There are some people that just won't drink it because they've been bought by AB InBev. To each his own. That's how I look at it. Now, for um, brands that uh, are, uh, that are top, well, I would say... The beer sales for four of the top five craft breweries, Yingling and Sons, Sons, Boston Beer, Sierra Nevada, and Gambrinus Company, they all declined last year. Sales for New Belgium increased by 5%. They are the fourth largest craft brewery. So few down, one up. Um, let's see. Combined volume sales for those five companies accounted for more than 52% of all top 50 craft breweries production last year, 7.7 million barrels. That's according to the report. Uh, Samuel Adams, uh, maker Boston Beer, they sold 210,000 fewer barrels uh, of beer in 2016 than they did the year prior. Uh, let's see. Notable brands also in decline. Maine Shipyard Brewing, they saw production slip 8%. Left Hand Brewing declined at 11%, but there were some that grew. Firestone Walker in 2016 grew more than 30% for the third consecutive year. They make some really good beer, Firestone Walker. I'm sorry. They do make some great beer. So they're up 30%. Michigan's Bell Brewery climbed towards 500,000 barrels. Uh, San Diego's Modern Times, another place I want to check out when I'm out in Southern California. Uh, Their volume sales grew by 82% to 40,500 barrels. Now, what's interesting, as for microbreweries here, those making less than 15,000 barrels annually, sales were up 27% last year. Despite losing 20 companies to the regional brewery subset, the BA also reported that 78% of craft beer growth in 2016 came from microbreweries. But not every small craft brewery in the long tail is growing. Uh, This, according to the article, production for about 20% of the first 1,000 microbreweries listed in the new brewer issue were either flat 
or down in 2016. So there is growth in microbreweries. The biggest reason why I think there's growth in microbreweries is very simple. If you have a tasting room, you have an advantage over people uh, brewing beer and trying to get them into stores. Big advantage. You get people in, you get people trying your beer, you get people buying your beer and taking it home. Whether it's in growlers, in cans, in bottles, that is a big advantage that those microbreweries have if you have a tasting room and space to be able to bottle and sell your product. If you don't, it's going to be a lot more difficult for you uh, to get your product out there. But there's a small brewer in New Jersey who gets their product out there and... They did a great job at the B3 Beer Bacon Barbecue Showdown. We'll talk about that in Suds and Duds uh, a little bit later on in the program. But when we come back after a short break, Dave Goldman, the brewmaster and co-owner of a new brew pub opening in Philadelphia on June 1st. It's called Urban Village Brewing will join me, and we're just getting started on this program that focuses on that delicious beverage, and it's made with barley and hops. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Still having doubts that the mainstream media is out to get President Trump? Harvard University says coverage of this president has been 93% negative. So here's a news flash for the media. The people who voted for Donald Trump still seem to back him. So where does that put you in the overall scheme of things? Um, out of touch comes to mind. So does biased. So does disturbing. So here's a challenge for the ones of all the journalists in this country. Do your job. Tell the truth. Stop spinning it. And keep it here. The truth. AM 970. The answer. New York has the finest. New York has the bravest. And now for the first time on AM 970 New York, has the boldest hour. Tune in every Sunday morning at 11 for bold talk and bold ideas with your host, Correction Officers Benevolent Association President Elias Husamidin. Elias will cover topics that affect New York City correction officers, the public, and New York City officials. Don't miss Koba's The Boldest Hour, Sunday mornings at 11, here on AM 970, The Answer. Be sure to tune in every Sunday night as Labor Press, New York's leading source for daily labor news and industry information, brings you their Blue Collar Buzz radio show. The hosts, Neil Tapel and Bill Holfeld, will discuss issues in the workplace and talk with some of the most prominent and influential personalities in the labor community. It's Labor Press, Sunday nights at 9, right here on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, this is Bill Martinez. Join us as we talk with the experts about the latest news, politics, issues of faith, the culture, and entertainment. It's all about us. It's all about the truth wherever it leads. Bill Martinez live, Monday mornings at 12 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, I'm Phil Van Horn, founder of Blue Rock Energy. We understand your level of frustration when you open your utility bill. We will simplify your energy supply with a program that is customized for your particular needs. Stop, think, switch, and save with BlueRockEnergy.com. The Cloverleaf Tavern is unlike any establishment in New Jersey. Located at 395 Bloomfield Avenue in beautiful Caldwell, New Jersey, Cloverleaf Tavern has outstanding burgers, wings, nachos, fish and chips, not to mention a huge selection of over 20 taps of delicious craft beer to go with an enormous bottle selection. Coming up Saturday, June 3rd, the Cloverleaf and Amagang will be doing a special early morning tap takeover featuring, get this, a fresh baked Danoli pairing. What's a Danoli? Donut cannoli equals a Danoli, a delectable treat created and exclusive to ShopRite of Belleville. It's amazing. 
Taylor Ham Egg and Cheese Breakfast Sandwiches will be available along with a special Amagang flight including Brunetta, Rosetta, Bend the Knee, and Three Philosophers. Plus, when you get there between 10.30 and 11.30 a.m., you'll be entered into a Game of Thrones raffle for glassware and Game of Thrones bottle sets. That's on Saturday, June 3rd. The Cloverleaf has been around since 1933, voted the number one craft beer bar in the Northeast two consecutive years. Head over to the Cloverleaf Tavern, 395 Bloomfield Avenue in Caldwell, New Jersey, and go to CloverleafTavern.com for their full menu. AM 9-7, the answer. Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, and via email uh, at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget, we're on Google Play and iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can listen to every single one of the Craft Beer Casts right there. A little haul of notes, you make my dreams. Uh, got to see them last year, was not happy with them or impressed with them because I just think that Daryl Hall lost a little bit on the fastball there. But they got their debut in Philly, and what better way to kind of tie in the whole Philadelphia theme there with the music uh, with my next guest. He is the head brewer and co-owner of one of the latest brew pubs that will soon be opening in the city of Philadelphia, right off of North 2nd Street, right in time for Philly Beer Week. The name of the brewery is Urban Village Brewing. UrbanVillageBrewing.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome in Dave Goldman to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Dave, welcome. Thanks, Al. How you doing? Good. I'm doing great, doing great. Now, Dave, I assume you got your start, like all beer makers do, as a home brewer. And like many home brewers, you got bit by the bug to open up your own brewery. What made you decide that now was the right time to open your business just a short drive from Penn's Landing in Philadelphia? You know, it's something I've been working on for a number of years. Um, I've been in the restaurant business my entire adult life. And um, I started home brewing maybe six years ago. Okay. And... I got the opportunity to go to Sierra Nevada's beer camp in 2012 mm-hmm. and um, and make beer there. And I just had a blast. And I, and I thought to myself, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to open up a brew pub. And it's really, I've been looking for the right site ever since. And so it was just a matter of how long it took me to find a, a site that I was happy with. And I found one here. Exactly. And, 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 and therein lies the tale. Now, what is the origin, Dave, behind the name Urban Village? Um, <laughs> you, you know, it's, I think it's an apt descriptor of where we're located here. If you're not familiar with the Northern Liberty section of Philadelphia, um, it, it would it would be described as an urban village, and more specifically, the uh, development that we're in, which is called uh, Schmidt's Commons, uh, formerly called the Piazza. Okay. Um, it's a it's a mixed use site with a big open piazza in the middle, uh, lots of great retailers on the first floor and residential above, and it's. Uh, coincidentally, the former home of Schmidt's Brewing Company that was here for, I think, 100 years or something. Oh, very cool. That's that's cool. That's a cool little history behind it. I like that. So that's that's part of the tour. If you're giving people the tour, that's part of the uh, the allure to get them inside, right? Absolutely. Excellent, excellent. We're talking with Dave Goldman, the head brewer and co-owner of Urban Village Brewing. UrbanVillageBrewing.com is the website for more information. They'll give you the list of beers and their story, as well as uh, you know the opening of the uh, uh, of the place. Now, 12 beers on tap at the brewery, Dave. You're placing an emphasis on freshness. Talk to me about this rye IPA that apparently is all the buzz. Is it true that it tastes like rye bread? It, it, it's spot on. It's... Um... 
you know, I've given it that description and I've managed to bring it to a couple festivals just from the, uh, the versions I've made at home. And that's just how we list it on the board. And everyone turns back and they're like, yep, that's exactly right. Um, but, I think it's delicious. And, and I wouldn't say that it's not. I'm just why, – why come up with – like what was the thought behind, you know, I, I want to make an IPA and I want it to taste like rye bread? Yeah, I, you know, I guess I had had a, lot, a few different rye IPAs over the years and some I like more than others. I thought some of them were a little too malty for, for my liking. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought to myself, you know, not a lot of them – I guess in my head, what's the, fla- what's the flavor – profile when i hear rye what do i envision right and I, it never really landed for me and um i was i was baking as a matter of fact one day and i was making rye bread and there was caraway out and and i thought you know that that's what's missing it's the caraway seed um because that's really the flavor that i think most of us associate with rye or rye bread and i was like let me give that a shot adding some caraway seed into my rye ipi recipe and it, it really popped. I mean, this is perfect. And we love it. Cool. Now, I love some of the names of these beers that you have here on the website. Liquid Courage. What, what kind of style <laughs> is this one? So that's actually the first beer that um, I made here. Okay. Um, and I did it first because I wanted to age it on Oak Spiral. So it's, um, it's a Belgian Golden. Um, and it's, you know, right... Right as completed, it's got a great blend of banana and orange flavor in it. It's um, you know it's nearly nine percent, but it doesn't drink boozy at all. And then I aged on both mostly American oak spirals, but additionally a little bit of French oak spirals, um, and that gave it some great complexity. Um, a little bit of caramel, a little bit of vanilla, certainly a good amount of oakiness. Mm-hmm. And and didn't really lose that banana or orange. And all those flavors really lace together well. And you get something that I mean, you don't you don't taste you know, for that high in alcohol content, you really don't taste it. And in fact you get a lot of really incredible flavors, both um obvious and some more nuanced. So it it's it's almost like an easy drinking beer, but if you drink, you know, two or three of them, you're gonna feel the punch of it. Absolutely. All right. And then finally, the uh, the land down under. Now, is that because you're a big fan of men at work or because <laughs> you like Australia? I gotta, I'm got. i trying to find the, the, the reason behind the name there. And, you know, it's a, sure. it's a hoppy saison, but I, I don't really, you know, I don't think they drink saisons in, in Australia. So tell me a little no, bit about you, this. You know, so, I, so um, in full disclosure, we have to update the website um, to give a little more description on that. That one um, is brewing now. It won't be on tap opening day, but it'll uh, be following up one, uh, once one of them, one of the beers goes. Right. It, it's a uh, saison hop exclusively with New Zealand and Australian hop. Ah. Um, just Galaxy and uh, Nelson Southern. Okay. There you go. Then there's the explanation. So no yeah. men at work, no land down on. All right. I get it. <laughs> Talking with Dave Goldman and the head brewer and co-owner of Urban Village Brewing on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, urbanvillagebrewing.com is the website for more information. Now, not only are you going to be serving beer, but spirits and wine to go along with food. Now, uh, am I right, uh, Dave, that the selling point on the food is going to be pizza to go along with sandwiches here? Exactly. Um, pizza is our focus. Um, and even more so, our focus is a, we're using naturally leavened pizza dough. Um, one of my partners, Tom Ravelli, started developing a, a mother yeast, a sour mother yeast, uh, four years ago, and he's kept it going ever since. And that yeast 
clean agent behind our pizza doughs, all our breads, which are also all made in-house. Um, and so that's something unique, and it really gives our pizza just a little bit more flavor. Um, it's delicious. Is it? Is it now? Obviously, it's not a gluten-free product. Obviously, no, no, no. Okay, so well, just because there are some people that you know, the, the the big thing is you know trying to make some gluten-free beers, et cetera, et cetera, to appeal uh, to the mass audiences. That's the only reason why I asked that question. Now, Dave, when you're done at the end of the day, uh, you've you've finished uh, brewing the beer. What's your favorite style of beer to drink? Uh, definitely IPAs. Um, and I tend to favor ones that are, you know, big in aromatics and flavor, not overly bitter. Um, and all of our hoppy beers are ones that I enjoy thoroughly. I would say the rye, obviously, is my favorite. Right. Um, the CPA, which is our citrus pale ale, I mean, it's a little easier drinking, a little lighter. So maybe as the weather breaks, that's probably something I'm drinking more frequently. Um, but, yeah, those, those are my go-tos. And, and tell me a little bit about this all-in one that you have here. As we're talking with Dave Goldman, the head brewer and co-owner of Urban Village Brewing, urbanvillagebrewing.com, the website for more info on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. What's this this all-in? It's a black double IPA, but what what's a little different about this? So th- this is, you could go back and forth. Is this a hoppy stout or is this a black IPA? Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience, drinking black IPAs, again, it's a product that I've never had one that I was really in love with. I felt like more often than not, you know, it's an IPA where the hops don't come through as much, yet it's just black in color, but it's not that roasty. Right. Um, we're heavy on everything. We have everything's in it. There's a ton of roasted malt. Not, you know, we didn't use any um, a common practice, you know, when you want to achieve color without flavors to use a denatured black malt. Mm-hmm. Um we didn't use any of that. There's a heavy portion of chocolate malt and black barley, and there's a very generous portion of hops. So you really get, like, all of the flavor profiles that you would get out of a big stout as well as the big IPA in one beer. Nice. That's nice. That I'm actually looking forward to trying that when I get down to Philly one of these days. My Please. guest has been Dave Goldman, the head brewer and co-owner of Urban Village Brewing. UrbanVillageBrewing.com uh, is the website for more information. Dave, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. My pleasure, Al. Thank you for having me. You got it. Up next, it's Memorial Day weekend, and I'm sure many of you are thinking about dusting off the grill and making some delicious barbecue. We'll talk with a grilling expert, Chris Hart. He's got a new book out. It's called Pitmaster. He's co-authored the book with Andy Husbands, and it's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. This is Michael Medved for townhall.com. The horrific Manchester terror attack raises uncomfortable questions about the imperfect integration of Britain's Muslim minority. A series of such brutal incidents in the United Kingdom involved native-born British subjects, not recent refugees. And despite some fears of Islam's surging influence, the most recent numbers show that self-identified Muslims still comprise only 5% of the UK population. The far more worrisome numbers involve the declining percentage who say they are Christian, down from 72 percent to just 59 percent today. Those who hope that America and the United Kingdom will maintain their distinctive cultural identities are right to worry about Christianity's declining numbers. But we should remember that those losses reflect disenchantment and disaffiliation far more than the growth of Islam or any other rival faith. I'm Michael Medved. Learn more at townhallreview.com. If you run your own business, when you're not on the job, you're on the road. In your van. Signs that say detour and do not enter are just plain bad for business. 
Well, here's a sign that's great for business. It says 0% financing and up to two years complimentary scheduled maintenance on Mercedes-Benz Sprinter or Metris vans. Powerful, capable, and affordable. That's Mercedes-Benz van power. With pioneering safety technologies and low total cost of ownership, Mercedes-Benz vans are the right choice for your business. Check out the full lineup of Mercedes-Benz vans starting at just $25,995. 0% financing and up to two years complimentary scheduled maintenance. That's van power for all. Mercedes-Benz. Vans. Born to run. Starting at price refers to base model Metris worker cargo van. Excludes all options, taxes, title registration, transportation charge, and dealer prep fee. Please see your dealer or go to mvvans.com for further details and exclusions. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970, theanswer.com. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, this Memorial Day weekend. Follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget, though, we are on iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can download and listen to every single Craft Beer Cast right on whatever personal device that you use. Now, right now on the cast, I am joined uh, by one of two gentlemen who know how to barbecue, and of course, with Memorial Day coming up on Monday, thought it was appropriate to discuss the cooking and smoking of meat on the program, because let's face it, who doesn't love a great craft beer and great barbecue? Their new book called Pitmaster, it is the fourth barbecue book that these guys have released. Let me welcome in Chris Hart to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Chris, welcome. Hey, Al. Thanks for having me. You got it. Now, how does an owner of a restaurant and a competition barbecue guy get together to collaborate on not one but four books? Well, it's our passion. You know, it's just um, uh, it's what we've kind of loved to do is to get outdoors and light a fire and uh, and cook meat with fire. It's just been a real passion of ours for many years, and we've been really interested in sharing that with people. And, and there's nothing more primal than that, right? I mean, fire, you throw some meat on there. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's hamburgers, steak, whatever, and, and just grill it up. That Very cool. Now, let's get into Pitmaster, this yep. great new book that's out on bookshelves now. And I'll start with the most basic of questions uh, when you're barbecuing. Uh, is it better to use a gas grill or charcoal when you're barbecuing? Well, it, without question, charcoal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get, you know, a gas grill is, you know, if that's all you have, you can kind of make do with a gas grill. But where you get that wonderful, authentic flavor from barbecue is with real wood. And... Uh, not just not just uh, briquettes of charcoal, but even a better choice would be lump charcoal, which is kind of more like burnt down pieces of wood, and it just gives the barbecue a really authentic flavor. When you go to one of your favorite barbecue restaurants, mm-hmm. I bet they're not cooking with gas. I bet they got a pile of wood out back. Now that's interesting. Now where would you pick something up like that? Because you you can't go to your local supermarket and get something like that, right? Uh, nowadays, you can find lump charcoal just about anywhere. Okay. And you don't even need a fancy cooker. You can do it just a regular old uh, Weber kettle. And on, a, on a Weber kettle, you kind of build a small charcoal fire on one side, mm-hmm. and you kind of put the meat on the cool side, and you clear out your afternoon and get your favorite beverage selection. You sit down, you keep a nice low fire going all afternoon until it's done. I like the way you're thinking. Talking with Chris Hardesy along with Andy Husbands, are the co-authors of their fourth barbecue book. It's called Pitmaster. You can go to Amazon. 
Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com or anywhere books are sold to order a copy or get one on the shelves right now on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer now in the book. You talk about drinking local craft beer with your barbecue, which I support wholeheartedly, of course. Now, what's the best type of beer to use in your barbecue if it calls for beer in the recipe? I think a great choice is uh, a malt-forward beer uh, with a richness to it, something like a porter or a stout uh, would be an excellent choice. I'd probably veer away from hoppy IPAs. I think that, that can, when you kind of cook them and warm them, they can get a little bit bitter, whereas a, a stout kind of intensifies and sweetens really nicely and works well with, with smoky meats. Okay. So, uh, you know, a can of stout, a good porter, nothing too expensive or complicated, you know, right. just a good quality, uh, off-the-shelf beer um, that has a good bit of malt backbone to it. Yeah, I've used stouts in, in my chilies uh, when I'm cooking them in the slow cooker, and they seem to come out better. I know one one time I used, I, I forget what stout it was, but I didn't use enough of it, or maybe I used too much, and it really it, it ruined the meat, which kind of annoyed me a little bit. But, yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. I get, uh, you know, I sometimes see people that they have a really special beer, something maybe that's in barrel aged or, right. you know, aged vanilla beans or something like that. You're going to lose a lot of the nuance when you cook with it. So you just want a like a good, like a Sierra Nevada Porter, you know, just a okay. very classic beer um, like that and, and go for it. Now, when you chowing down on some ribs, uh, what type of beer would you guys suggest? Well, the other option on the other end of the spectrum would be uh, something that's more of a palate cleanser, something kind of crisp and refreshing. You know, a can of American lager is a fine choice, um, uh, but like a pills uh, would be a good choice. And even another one would be um, some kind of a mixed fermentation beer that has a little bit of a sour tartness to it, like a Brett, uh, Brett type of beer. Okay. Um, that, uh, you know, you get all that spice and richness and meatiness, and you're ready to kind of move on to another rib is a nice crisp beer to cleanse your palate out and, and move on to your next rib. Love it. Talking with Chris Hart, is he along with Andy Husbands, the co-authors of their fourth barbecue book, Pitmaster. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com to order a copy on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast here on AM 970. The answer, all right, Chris, you are a competition barbecue guy. What is the best and then the worst part about competition barbecue? The best part is um, is cooking against all the best cooks in the world. You know, going out onto a field. You know, we'll go out to to Kansas City, and all these guys from around the country come out and try to uh, do you know cook the best possible barbecue they can. And you know, going up against the best is is what it's all about. It's you know it's similar in the world of beer. You know, right. at, on a beer contest of being able to to pit your your home brew against other very accomplished brewers is uh, exciting challenging, kind of motivating. Uh, you know, the bad part is, you know, when it's uh, 4 o'clock in the morning and it's uh, pouring rain and you got, uh, you know, mud up to your ankles while you're tending to a fire, you know, and kind of kind of question your sanity sometimes uh, when you're doing that. But the uh, the love of barbecue kind of keeps you going and uh, and it's quite motivating. See, I was expecting the best part about competition barbecue when you say, when I win. <laughs> well, there's that, too. Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's that, too. Uh, those are the good days. Uh, Andy and I um, actually we're we live right outside of Boston, and it's you know they're kind of surprised when we go down south and a couple of Boston guys show up uh, cooking barbecue, and we actually became the first guys from the Northeast to win a world championship of barbecue at the uh, Jack Daniels Distillery uh, a few years ago. And that is awesome. We're going to get into that in just a second. Now, in the book, you guys focused on Kansas City, North Carolina, and Texas barbecue styles, but later on in the book, you go into detail about barbecue up north, which you guys are from from Boston. What styles uh, have emerged in North? Northern barbecue, is it a mix of the three styles uh, I mentioned, or is it something different altogether? 
I think what's important, what's happening a lot, and what's important in barbecue is there are new styles kind of evolving out, uh, particularly in the north. Out of you know, when you when you're a cook in North Carolina, the locals kind of expect the menu to read a certain way, and and uh, you know, doing something out of the box is kind of frowned upon. But when you kind of when you say you're in New York City and you open a barbecue restaurant, a little bit more latitude. And I think what's really important, what the successful cooks are doing, is that they're respecting and are inspired by those traditions. So they're cooking with wood, they're cooking the meat the right way, but they're kind of bringing their local experience into it. So for instance, an example for Andy and I is like we're big into, in our area, there's some really great Korean restaurants, Korean barbecue restaurants, and uh, you know, they have kimchi on the menu. And kind of a light bulb goes off in your head and said, you know what would go great with this rich, smoky piece of beef brisket is a little bit of kimchi. And so that's the kind of thing that we can introduce in the north that gets a lot of interest here. See, that's pretty cool. Now, what is Chris, what is the rookie mistake or the, the biggest mistake that people can make uh, when they are barbecuing? I think one mistake is to take the idea, you know, one of the pieces of advice you hear is, you know, cook low and slow. And uh, some some folks, could, especially rookies, can kind of um, take that too literally, is uh, they can cook it too low, and then the meat never really gets done. And sometimes people will take that undercooked meat and, and misinterpret that they uh, overcooked it so it's tough. And really what they did is they haven't cooked it enough. And so anybody that's kind of struggling with that, like with a tough rack of ribs that they've been trying to get it right, I say turn the heat up. You want it to be almost like roasting the meat, just just a little bit light of that. So if you imagine your oven, when you roast something in your oven, probably like 325 degrees, barbecue is just a little bit lower than that, like 275 is a great temperature to be. You want to, you want to render the fat. You want to get it kind of sizzling and cooking a little bit. And uh, at, sometimes uh, cooks just go a little too low when they first get started. Talking with Chris Hart, is he along with Andy Husbands are the co-authors of their fourth barbecue book, Pitmaster. You can go to Amazon. Amazon.com to order a copy here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, last question for me, Chris. You, you, obviously, you talk a lot about barbecuing in the book, but there's also great drink recipes and desserts and different things. Where did you guys come up with those uh, drink recipes and desserts? Were they from uh, a collaboration with other people or some of them are your, are your own? Uh, there's one uh, mixologist uh Joy Richard from uh, Charleston, North Carolina, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, uh, who um, has inspired us many times over the years with these incredible concoctions and kind of teaching us about, uh, you know, barbecue. The bar from barbecue could be interpreted as, you know, coming from a bar. You know, people going into a bar and and drinking some whiskey and uh, needing a little bit of sustenance. And so there's a real uh, tradition between, uh, you know, pouring a bourbon cocktail and and eating some barbecue. And uh, uh, Joy. added some really nice recipes to the book that um, uh, we love to drink. Uh, I have to say the sweet tea recipe looks really, really good for a nice hot summer day. Maybe Absolutely. After, maybe after two or three of them, I, you know, I don't know if I'll be up for barbecuing, but definitely uh, one to sip on for sure. My guest has been uh, Chris Hart. He, along with Andy Husbands, the co-authors, their fourth barbecue book. It's called Pitmaster. You can go to Amazon.com to order a copy. It is a great book. They have some fantastic recipes in there from all over uh, the country. Uh, they focus Kansas City, North Carolina, and Texas barbecue, but there's definitely some northern influence there, and that's very cool. Chris, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Thanks, thanks, Al. You got it. When we come back, final segment of the program, some more news and notes, and yes, some suds and duds too. Lots of beers to get to that I've sampled over the last few weeks. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. 
We finally have a president unafraid to utter the words radical Islamic terrorism. We finally have a president unafraid to challenge Muslim nations to rid the earth of this horrific problem. We finally have a president willing to go to the Middle East and make the opening steps to bring about a Palestinian solution. It's too bad this president has to leave the country to actually get fair and unbiased news coverage. Stick with this station if you want to know the good, not just the bad or the ugly. AM 970, The Answer. The Cloverleaf Tavern is unlike any establishment in New Jersey. Located at 395 Bloomfield Avenue in beautiful Caldwell, New Jersey, the Cloverleaf Tavern has outstanding burgers, wings, nachos, fish and chips, not to mention a huge selection of over 20 taps of delicious craft beer to go with an enormous bottle selection. Coming up Saturday, June 3rd, the Cloverleaf and Amagang will be doing a special early morning tap takeover featuring, get this, a fresh baked Danoli pairing. What's a Danoli? Donut cannoli equals a Danoli, a delectable treat created and exclusive to ShopRite of Belleville. It's amazing. Taylor ham egg and cheese breakfast sandwiches will be available along with a special Amagang flight including Brunetta, Rosetta, Bend the Knee, and Three Philosophers. Plus, if you get there between 10.30 and 11.30 a.m., you'll be entered into a Game of Thrones raffle for glassware and Game of Thrones bottle sets. That's on Saturday, June 3rd. The Cloverleaf has been around since 1933, voted the number one craft beer bar in the Northeast two consecutive years. Head over to the Cloverleaf Tavern, 390 Bloomfield Avenue in Caldwell, New Jersey, and go to cloverleaftavern.com for their full menu. I'm KFC's Extra Crispy Colonel, and you're the extra busy regular person who has to make dinner for a family of four. But you can shirk that responsibility because my Extra Crispy $20 fill-up from KFC contains eight pieces of freshly double-breaded Extra Crispy Chicken, four biscuits, two orders of mashed potatoes, and a side of coleslaw for just $20. That'll feed them. KFC, it's Extra Crispy Good. Pricing and participation may vary. Tax and substitutions extra. Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com. Are you kidding me? Seriously, are you kidding me? Final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash A G Craft Beer Cast, and of course via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget, we're on iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for A G Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every single show. That is Stone Stour. That is um, the band that Corey Taylor. Uh, put together uh, as kind of um, an offshoot of Slipknot. And uh, I shouldn't say an offshoot. It's his own band. It's more of a a metal band than a thrash band. Uh, That was last week at Rock on the Range uh, in Columbus, Ohio, uh, doing uh, Soundgarden's Outshined as a tribute to Chris Cornell. Of course, Chris Cornell, as we've spoken about during the show, uh, passed away uh, about a week and a half ago in Detroit after um, Soundgarden had finished. Um, a concert. Apparently, it was uh, it was suicide. They're still waiting for toxicology reports, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But he was found in this hotel room uh, with a um, a plastic band wrapped around his throat, and he had apparently um, hung himself. But Corey Taylor doing that uh, outshine from uh, Soundgarden uh, at the show. And boy, I'll tell you, Corey Taylor has has a heck of a voice. I mean, the guy really. Uh, is a tremendous singer. To do a thrash band and a metal band, it, it's two different genres, almost, 
Um, in terms of the singing, the style, you know, thrash is much faster, heavier. Heavy metal is heavy, but it's not as heavy uh, as thrash. And uh, the one thing that I love about Corey Taylor, aside from his voice, is the fact that he pays tribute to metal bands. He knows where he came from. He knows that if it wasn't for listening to that music, he wouldn't be where he is today. And when the, the one of the few times that I saw, saw Stone Sour, and I plan on seeing them this summer at uh, PNC Bank Art Center, um, I saw him at Irving Plaza, and they did Judas Priest's Heading Out to the Highway. And boy, let me tell you something. Um, you know, it wasn't near perfect Rob Halford, but it was close, I have to say. He is an excellent singer, uh, does a tremendous job in paying tribute there uh, to the late uh, Chris Cornell. So... Suds and Duds, our final segment of the program. Lots of beers that we have to get to. Great place that I found uh, on Staten Island, Beverage Island, LLC. They're over on the North Shore of Staten Island over in Richmond Terrace. Uh, great craft beer place. Uh, they fill growlers. They have a, an enormous selection of craft beer. In fact, um, the guy asked me if I wanted a shopping cart when I went in there. That would have been pretty dangerous because I think my wife would have divorced me if I would have pulled out of there uh, with a shopping cart full of beer. As it was... Um, I bought a number of things, and uh, the bill was was quite hefty, let's just say, but well worth it uh, for the selections that I purchased there. We'll talk about those beers um, in the coming weeks. But a great place. If you're looking for a place on Staten Island for great craft beer, you don't want to head over into Jersey, uh, don't want to head into the city, definitely check out Beverage Island LLC. I'm not getting paid. It's not, you know... This is not an advertisement. This is me telling you, folks, if you're looking for great craft beer, go in there. See the owner, Manny. Uh, He's always there. He is uh, a a tremendous knowledge of craft beer. Phenomenal. Uh, Well done, Manny, and it's a great store. Definitely have to check that out. So last week, before we get to all the suds and duds, have to give a special shout-out to the Beer Barbecue Bacon Showdown uh, and to Allison uh, Thompson, uh, who put on just a tremendous event. It was last week at Lewis Morris Park in Doe Meadow Field in Morristown. It was thir- uh, over 30 New Jersey breweries. They brought four different styles of beer. They had a, a VIP tent uh, with uh, great food and specialty beers from Twin Elephant Brewing, which, by the way, um, Twin Elephant Brewing did a tremendous job with their mango. Um, uh, I guess it was a pale ale. It was not an IPA. Boy, I'll tell you, that might have been one of the tastiest beers I've ever had and definitely have to check those guys out. Um, one of these days. They're a smaller brewery, microbrewery, but uh, they make some really good uh, and fresh beer. Uh, the judges, Deborah Smith, Peter Coulios, uh, Mike DeSimone, and Chef Chris Massey uh, did a tremendous job. Great uh, hanging with all of them. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We're actually going to have Peter Coulios on the show uh, very soon, probably 4th of July weekend, uh, to talk about some uh, Jersey summer beers, uh, you know, to wet your palate when you're heading down the shore and, uh, you know, uh, you want a good beer and you finish mowing the lawn. Uh, Etc. Etc. Peter has a lot of knowledge on that, and we will uh, tap into that uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. But wanted to thank Allison uh, for having me there as a, as a judge for the event. So the winners here are the winners. These were the winners that we judged uh, at the event. So best barbecue went to the bearded one, which is the award that I gave out to the owner there. Uh, there they made a pork grilled cheese. It was unbelievable. I mean, that was something I could eat over and over and over again. The best use of bacon, though, was kimchi smoke for the chonut. I'm telling you, smoked brisket, smoked kimchi, cheese, barbecue sauce, bacon. That was uh, the bacon was unbelievable. Scallions on a on a on a glazed donut. I am telling you, might be the best thing I've ever eaten. Was probably one of the only things that I ate the entire sandwich because it was so good that nothing else compared. And finally, the best beer. Uh, went to my buddies uh, Scott and Bob from Bolero Snort Brewing for their fourth 
anniversary quad aged on plums. I had this beer a few weeks ago. This is one of the most approachable beers that I've ever had. And that was really the, 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 the key in terms of what beer we were picking. Some good IPAs, not a lot of good bourbon stouts. There are some breweries that were doing, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name them, but some some breweries were doing bourbon stouts that honestly felt like, um, in my opinion, they brewed the beer and they dumped the bourbon in the beer at the end. Too boozy to me, almost like way overwhelming bourbon and not enough beer. To me, if I want to have a glass of bourbon, I'm gonna have a glass of bourbon. I want my bourbon in my beer to kind of blend with the beer that I'm tasting it, and I'm I'm not getting. That heavy bourbon sense. We'll talk about that in in uh, the suds and duds, uh, the couple that I have here, uh, in just a moment. That's that to me. That was that was the key. Some good IPAs, but not a lot of people like IPAs. You know, it's it's a palate thing. If you don't like bitter beer, it, listen, you're just not going to like bitter beer. So we wanted to pick a beer that would everybody would enjoy. And I'm glad that we picked uh, the the fourth anniversary quad from uh, Bolero Snort Brewery because. Aged on plums. This was a really good beer, and it was approachable to everybody. Everybody there who was judging, who were even the few that were not beer drinkers, enjoyed the beer. They liked the taste of the beer. That's the key. Best beer. Now, if I were running this, you know, next year, I would have categories. I wouldn't have every single category. It's a lot of awards, but I would have best beer and maybe best. Um, I don't know, best IPA, whatever the hot style is at the moment. I would, I would select that. That's how I would kind of do it. And again. Some people didn't enter IPA. So, again, you wanted to make an approachable beer as the best beer. And then the People's Choice Awards uh, best dish was Bacon Me Crazy and their Bacon Me Crazy sandwich. And then uh, the People's Choice best brew was Angry Eric Brewing's uh, Mango Chombo. So uh, what, a, what a great job Allison did here at this event. Tremendous. Can't wait to come back next year uh, and judge at that event. It was a lot of fun. Allison, her husband Rick, thank you guys so much for having me. Very much appreciated. As we continue on the Suds and Duds segment here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer is we're running out of time. So let me run through uh, these beers here. First up, I had a Heavy Seas beer, Smooth Sail Summer Ale. Great, uh, nice, light wheat summer ale. It's perfect for a backyard barbecue. A little bit of fruit on the back end. Really enjoyed this one. Real nice and light. Uh, excellent. Thank you guys from Heavy Seas uh, for that one. And then uh, moved on to an IPA from Single Cut. Uh, the guys out in Queens, they do a great job. Does anybody remember laughter? Nice and piney, uh, delicious. Had this one by a fire. Uh, really, uh, just a real nice IPA. Um, you know, a little bit of a bite uh, with the bitterness, but not too sharp. Definitely something you really want to try uh, from Single Cut. Uh, does anybody remember laughter? Then I had a, a Curex by Allagash. John Tirolosi, I have to thank you for this bottle. He gave this to me uh, at the end of my chemo treatments. Um, nice bourbon flavor. Really, really good. I mean, just... It wasn't boozy. It just had the right amount of bourbon in it to kind of warm you up uh, on a on a on a chilly night, which it was that night that I had them. So uh, it was uh, it was a nice uh, a nice addition to the fire, let's say. So John, thank you very much. Allagash Brewing, uh, their Curex, v- nice. Then I had the uh, the herd as we talked about the uh, the quad aged on plums. This is just a real, I mean, fruity, little bit of booze. I mean, just. Excellent. Great beer. So glad that they won at the Beer, Bacon, and Barbecue Fest. As we continue on the Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, then my good friend Buddy Watson, who I mention on the show all the time, uh, he had given me some beers. Got a chance to dive into a few of them. The Atypical Oak-Aged IPA by Barrier Brewing. This is another really good New York brewing company. They do a great job. Hoppy, piney, woodsy, uh, that nice flavor. 
Really, really good. Atypical oak-aged IPA by Barrier Brewing. Got to check them out. Then uh, a partnership uh, from Heavy Seas, uh, and uh, I believe it was Union Brewing Company, uh, the Old Ale. This is really nice. Brown sugar flavor hits you right away. It's not sweet, sort of mellow, a lot of malt in it. Uh, very smooth going down, though. Um, n- real nice. I-, I really like the brown sugar in it. I thought it was going to be overly sweet. Turns out it wasn't. Very happy with that one. Nice job uh, from that collaboration between Heavy Seas and uh, Union Brewing Company. Then uh, over at, let's see, uh, Paragon Tap and Table. What did I have here? From Evil Twin. Real nice. I speak the language of television IPA. Nice smooth IPA. Nice hops. But to me, not enough bitterness. So if I had to, if I had to give anything a dud, this one would be a dud. I, I like my IPAs with a little sharp bite. This one did not have it. So definitely, to me, this was not one I would have again. So I would call this one a duds. Uh, then let's see. Oh, uh, Paragon did a great Founders Tap takeover uh, a few weeks back. There can I had the uh, Kentucky Breakfast Stout, the KBS 2016, not the 2017 version. Heard a lot of bad things about the 2017 version. Too medicine-y. Uh, so I wasn't in the mood for it, so I decided to go with the year before's version. Can't beat it. Boozy, dark, delicious. The that This is one where the bourbon is perfectly balanced in this. You smell it, you taste it, but it's not overpowering. But let me tell you something. You have more than two of these in a seven-ounce pour. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to screw you up a little bit. Then I had Doom's... Uh, excuse me, Founders Doom, which was, I'm telling you, got to be the best IPA in a bourbon barrel ever. Little bite, big bourbon flavor, and then a kiss of caramel at the very end of it. After you swallow and you kind of just, okay, it's done, you get the little caramel on the back end. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Could not ask for a better IPA in a bourbon barrel. Uh, Let's see, the Muy Bonita from Funky Buddha. Thanks to the guys at Funky Buddha for sending me that. A lot of cinnamon flavor in this, a little vanilla on the back end. I didn't really get the apple flavor in this. Um, definitely got the cinnamon and the vanilla. Did not get the apple, but tasty, I have to say, for a brown lager. Uh, very good. And then finally, uh, Latoro, uh, uh, the Latoro uh, Triple uh, by Bolero Snort. Real nice, fruity. I had this one sitting for a year. In fact, I knew I had it for a year because it was Bolero's old label. So, boys, nice job with that. Uh, Bolero puts out consistently good beer in New Jersey. And... Um, as they like to call themselves, they're a gypsy brewer. They're all over the place. They're contract brewing with a bunch of people. Eventually, they're going to have a place, and when that happens, that's going to be a lot of fun. But, folks, can you believe we're out of time? Uh, my thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Chris Hart, the co-author of Pitmaster, Dave Goldman from Urban Village Brewing, and, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. I'll be back Tuesday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. Have a great Memorial Day and a great Memorial Day weekend. This has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody.